Greetings in the mighty and blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to our Bible study lessons. Lessons which only address timely revelations, present sealing truth, meet in due season for God's church today, the Seventh-day Adventist. Our study of consideration today is found in the book Matthew chapter 13, the harvest of Matthew chapter 13. Here we are going to consider questions such as When is the seed sowing season? When is the seed sowing season? What is the field? Who are the reapers? What and when is the harvest? Our text of meditation is found from the book The Great Controversy, page 425, paragraph 2. It reads, while the investigative judgment is going forward in heaven, while the sins of penitent believers are being removed from the sanctuary, there is to be a special work of purification, of putting away of sin among God's people upon earth. When this work shall be accomplished, the followers of Christ will be ready for his appearing. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, and as in former years. Malachi 3 verse 4 Then the church which our Lord at his coming is to receive to himself will be a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Ephesians 5 27 close quote. Here we see, beloved friends, that while the investigative judgment is going forward in heaven, while the sins of penitent believers are being removed from the sanctuary, there is to be a special work of purification, of sifting, of separating wheat from the tares, of putting away of sin among God's people upon Earth. And take note, this is happening among God's people. Then when this work has been accomplished, the followers of Christ will be ready for his appearing. Then the church which our Lord at his coming is to receive to himself will be a glorious church. Not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, a pure church. Not a lukewarm church. This church, our beloved SDA church, is going to be purified. That's what inspiration is saying. So let's ponder upon these words as we're going to go through our study today. Let's open our Bibles from the book, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 up to 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. It says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. 
But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blood was sprung up, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Say, Didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy he had done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. This is the parable which is commonly taught in the Adventist settles. But today we are going to discover that there is a deeper meaning, a very profound and important meaning that we ought as a people of God to understand it, especially now. Let's hear the reply of Jesus Christ when the disciples came to him and said, Declare unto us the parable of the field. Open with me verse 36 to 37 of the same chapter. It reads, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And these disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that sowed the good seed is the son of man. Is the son of man. A commentary from the book, track number 3, page 56 says, on these verses, He that soweth the good seed, says Christ, is the son of man. And the enemy that sowed the tares is the devil. That is Matthew thirteen thirty-seven and 39. The son of man, he who sowed the good seed, is of course none other than Christ. But as he could not be called the son of man before being born of a woman, he accordingly could not have sowed the good seed of the spiritual harvest until after his birth in Bethlehem, Judea. His ministry, his sowing of the good seed, the truth began right after his baptism, Matthew 4.17. Close quote. So here we see that Christ could not have sown the good seed before being born of a woman. For it is said, son of man. So he accordingly sowed the good seed after his baptism. Take note of that, dear brethren. Take note of that point. Let's move on to see the field. The field. Verse 38 says, The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. 
Then Christ opened lessons page 70 paragraph 2 has a commentary on this verse which we have just read. It says, The field, Christ said, is the world. But we must understand this as signifying the church of Christ in the world. The parable is a description of that which pertains to the kingdom of God. His work of salvation of men and this work is accomplished through the church. True, the Holy Spirit has gone out into all the world. Everywhere it is moving upon the hearts of men. But it is in the church that we are to grow and repent for the garner of God. Close quote. So inspiration here through Sister White is saying, But we must understand this signifying the church of Christ in the world. Why? For we are to grow in the church and repent for the garner of God. So, the field represents the church. So it means in the church, that's where we see the wheat and the tares commingled together. How about the harvest? Verse 39, verse 39 says, The enemy that sowed, the enemy that sowed them is the devil. That is clear. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. Then verse 41 to 43 says, The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So here we see that the harvest, we are told, the harvest is the end of the world. The harvest is the end of the world. Verse 41 gives us a picture that Christ is going to send his angels to remove out of his kingdom all things that offend all that which do iniquity. And take note, these tears are cast first, are cast first into the fire. Verse 43 then says, then, after the removal of the tears, after the sifting out, the purification, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. So it means before the removal, before the separation, the righteous, the wheat, cannot shine forth. Clear it is. That's what the Bible is saying, dear brethren. Let's read a commentary, an inspired commentary from track number 3, page 66, paragraph 1. It reads, As the word until means up to, 
the tares are therefore to be gathered out, not before or after the harvest, but at the beginning of it. And the time of harvest being the end of professional time. Christ opened lessons, page 72. Then the harvesting itself necessarily precedes, comes before the close of probation, the fruitless winter season. Consequently, the tares are separated from among the wheat before, not after the end of probationary time. Close quote. Here inspiration, brethren, is saying, as the word until means up to, the tares are therefore to be gathered out, not before or after the harvest, but at the beginning of it. So this means that the beginning of the harvest is the removal of the tares. This happens at the beginning of the harvest. Not at the end. And take note. The harvest being the end of professional time. Then the harvesting itself must necessarily be before the close of profession. Let's move on to see who are the tears who are removed first. Same book, track number 3, page 66, continues to say, The wheat, the children of the kingdom, Matthew 13.38, are gathered into the barn, the kingdom. The tares, the children of the wicked one, verse 38, mere professors, those who are not doers of the word, and who were granted membership while men slept, are gathered and burned in the fire, Matthew 13.40, after the wheat is bound into sheaves, close quote. So the tares, we see that these are people which only carry the name of Seventh-day Adventists, yet they are not the doers of the word of God, mere professors. Now we ask a question, who are the reapers? Who are the reapers? We have heard theories that people, men, are going to come into Seventh-day Adventist church and remove tears and carry out an act of judgment. But what is it that the word of God is saying? Who are the reapers? Page 66, paragraph 3 of the same book we are reading says, The reapers are the angels who shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. Matthew 13, 39 and 49. These angels are not those who shall come with Christ at his second coming, but rather those whom he shall send forth. They are like the three angels of Revelation 14, 6 to 11. Indeed, the angel is to select the wheat from the tares and seal or bind the wheat for the heavenly Ghana. Early writings, page 118. Therefore, the angels, the reapers, whom Christ sent forth 
include both him who does the sealing, okay, or binding, and those who follow on to do the destroying. Ezekiel 9, 2, 5, and 6. First in the church, then in the world. Close quote. So here we see that the reapers are none other than the angels of God. And these angels are not those who shall come forth with Christ at his second coming, but rather those whom he shall send forth. Alright? They also include both him who does the sealing or binding and those who follow on to do the destroying. Ezekiel 9, 2, 5 and 6. First, this destroying or this separation happens in the church of God, STA, then in the world. We are going to see this fully as we progress with our studies. Now, remember, we are talking about the harvest, the harvest, the harvest. So now, we want to see from the book Isaiah chapter 66, from verse 16, the separation, the harvest. How is it going to be done in the harvest? Isaiah 66 verse 16. It says, For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree, in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse, shall be consumed together, say the Lord. So, from these two verses, we see that there's going to be judgment for all flesh, but many shall be slain. Continue on, verse 19 says, verse 19 says, And I will set a sign among them, and I will send those that escape of them unto the nations, to Tashish, Pal, and Lad, that draw the bow, to Tabal, and Javan, to the isles afar off, that have not heard my fame, neither have seen my glory. And they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. And they shall bring all, all your brethren for an offering unto the Lord, out of all nations, upon horses and in chariots, and in litters, and upon mules, and upon swift beasts, to my holy mountain Jerusalem, saith the Lord. And as the children of Israel bring an offering in a clean vessel into the house of the Lord. Here we see that there are those who escape the judgment. Inspiration goes on to comment and say, on the book, The White House Recruiter, page 24, it says, With these solemn words, the Lord warns that the slaughter, the antitypical Passover, Testimonies, Volume 5, page 505 to 11, Testimonies, Volume 1, page 190-198, is to take place among those who are of the household of God. 
the church. For the escaped ones are sent to the Gentiles, who as yet have not heard of God's fame and his glory. Obviously, the angels who execute this slaughter are to take away from the church the unrighteous. Those who are figuratively depicted in one instance as bad fish, and in another instance as guests not having the wedding garment on. Close quote. So verse 19 gives us a picture that God is going to slaughter, is going to destroy the saints. God is going to destroy the sinners. But there are those that escape this destruction in the household of God, in the church. Then those escaped ones are sent to the Gentiles who as yet have not heard of God's fame and his glory. So obviously, this purification, the harvest, the removal of the tears, right? The harvest, the removal of the, the tears, takes place among God's people. Then those that escape are given a mission to fulfill the gospel work unto the nations we have not have had an opportunity to hear about God's gospel. Now I want to see who are these the escaped ones? The wheat. The wheat, who are these? Page 24 of the same book, White House Recruiter says, Here, let every serious-minded reader pause to ponder what inspiration says. Okay? So here we are told, let every serious-minded reader pause to ponder what inspiration says. Isaiah 66, 19 and 20 explain that those who escape the slaughter of Isaiah 66, 15 and 16 are to be sent as missionaries to the Gentiles, who as yet know not God. Yes, these escaped remaining ones are God's remnant. He is first fruits of the harvest. He is Gaelic servants, the 144,000, the elect. And only they, none others, the scriptures declare, shall bring all their brethren from all nations in a clean vessel into a purified house of the Lord, his white house. Close quote. So the 144,000 are the first fruits of the harvest. They are the ones who are going to remain after the removal of the tares. These are the pure, the guileless servants of God, the elect. Page 25 continues to say, What is more, no right-thinking mind can ever begin to conceive of, of the possibility that with any less holy and formidable an urgency than such as a mighty ministry, one escaped from sin, sinners and judgment, can and will the Lord ever finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, Romans 9.28, thereby saving his people from the terrible tempest that is now about to break upon the earth and last it length and breath. Close quote. So, 
The escaped ones are going to be a mighty ministry. Ones that escape from sin, sinners, and judgment. Then they are sent as missionaries. The 144,000. What is our summary of this study? What is our summary for this study? Christ started seed sowing after his baptism. The field is the church of God. Then the field is in two phases. First, the church of God, when we're going to see the first fruits of the harvest, the 144,000. Then the second phase, the field will be the world, where we're going to see the second fruits, the great multitude. Another point, the harvest is the judgment of the living, the separation of the wheat from the tares, not the second coming of Christ. And the 144,000 are the first fruits of the harvest. Take note, the church has to be purified first. After it's being purified, then comes latter rain. Then the Lord cry. Then we see Christ coming after the loud cry. Last point, angels are the reapers, not finite men. The work of judgment is not given to mortal beings, but to the angels of God. For more information, if you have any further questions, comments, or you'd like to obtain a print copy of the original track literature that gives the complete details on this most important subject, or if you want to arrange for a formal Bible study at your convenience, please feel free to contact us at any time. Our contact details are as follows. upa7.org.zim Email address upa7.zim at gmail.com Phone number plus 263-776-720-304 Our brethren in South Africa Email address info at upa7.co.za Phone number plus 27769708263 Our website www.upa7.co.za In US, email address upa5453 at gmail.com Phone number 860798 3672 Our website org. Our brethren in the islands of Solomon Email address upa 7 2 at gmail.com Phone number 678-774-6612 May God continue to richly bless us as we seek for His truth like never before. God bless. The words bless. of the Lord are pure words as silver dry in a furnace of earth. Purify seven times.